Hi, everyone. Welcome to Nutrition Lifestyles with Kim and Joanne. I'm Joanne. And I'm Kim. So today we are going to be speaking with Dr. Judy Bringman, who is a board-certified internist. So just to tell you guys a little bit more about Dr. Judy, Dr. Judy is a native of Bermuda, and she currently works in North Carolina as an internist. Her mission is to help others live a healthier and happier life. She's an advocate for a whole food, plant-based diet, which we define for you in this podcast episode, and she enjoys teaching individuals and groups how to incorporate more plant-based foods into their diet. Dr. Judy makes eating healthy and living well seem so easy through her social media accounts and speaking engagements. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Judy. We are so happy to have you. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm so glad to join you guys today. Tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what got you interested in being in a plant-based diet. So I am an internal medicine physician. I have my own practice, New Well Health in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I've been plant-based for about six years. And what initially drew me to plant-based diets is really just searching for ways that we could prevent uh, chronic diseases and having a minor issue myself with acne. And um, I had read that acne was connected to dairy, so I tried cutting it out and my acne went away. And every time that I ate dairy again, the acne came back. So that was the first time that I kind of was like, hmm, there's a direct relationship between what we eat and some of the physical symptoms or conditions that we have. And so I started to delve more into the science and the research and started to go to the plant-based conferences where I met other physicians that were practicing utilizing plant-based nutrition and lifestyle medicine. And they were having remarkable results that I had never heard or from my other colleagues, such as patients being able to come off medications, patients being able to reverse type 2 diabetes, and many things that I did not even know was possible. Wow. So it's been a wonderful um, discovery for me. That's awesome. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. A lot of people, they find their way to a plant-based diet because of something that they're suffering from Mm -hmm. looking for a different uh, therapies and alternatives to traditional medicine. Right, right. Exactly. Yes. I introduced plant-based nutrition to specifically some of my patients that are resistant to taking medications or not interested in taking medications and use that as a motivator for them. Mm-hmm. So if you change your diet, there's a chance you may not need to be on this medication, but for now you need to be on it. <laughs> Maybe you can come off later. <laughs> And they seem to appreciate that. Nice, nice. I do love that. The importance of the diet. I think, you know, especially to me, I've just been seeing an uptick personally with more people being interested in a plant-based diet since this whole entire COVID-19 thing came around. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, so that we can have some clarification, I think there's so many definitions to what a plant-based diet actually is. Could you go ahead and define that for us? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so many definitions and you can ask different people and probably would still get a lot of different definitions. So a plant-based diet could be a diet that is vegan. It could be a diet that's vegetarian. Mm -hmm. It could be a diet whereby 
60 to 70 percent of the food that you eat is plant-based but you still eat meat and dairy on occasion Mm -hmm. it's very vague and i think that's why a lot of people like it because it gives you flexibility it's not as rigid as a vegan diet so vegan veganism is more of a lifestyle not just a diet whereby you don't eat anything that came from an animal or utilize any part of the animal even in the production process Mm -hmm. and a vegan lifestyle or diet is not primarily health motivated it's motivated by what they consider to be ethical and uh, avoiding cruelty towards animals Mm -hmm. whereas plant-based is health focused so you're avoiding meat and dairy as well as processed foods too because exactly many processed foods could be vegan but they're unhealthy for example oreos or french fries or bag of chips so i like to emphasize whole food plant-based which is not just eliminating or minimizing animal products, but also focusing on eating whole unprocessed food, Mm. not using foods that have a long list of ingredients, things that basically grew out of the ground is a goal for um, dietary consumption. You know, I'm glad that you said that because I think, you know, with the individual patients and clients that we see on a day-to-day basis, day in and day out, something that I'm always telling them is, you know, you need to honor your process. So just because your neighbor may be all the way down at letter Z in the alphabet and you're beginning at A does not mean that, you know, you just have to go fully fledged plant-based, uh, 100% plant-based. Right. And I think that that is very important because I remember when I made the transition umpteen years ago to transition my diet to a plant-based diet, I got really sick, extremely sick because I just cut out everything from my diet and I did not replace it. And I was sick as a dog. So I think, you know, the slow and steady wins the race for sure. Definitely. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, someone says um, progress over perfection. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, you don't have to be fully plant-based or don't beat yourself up if sometimes you do eat junk food or something that's fried right but focus on you know what the end goal is and pick it back up tomorrow if you mess up today so to speak i know that's true because i i have my oreos (laughs) i know that's true (laughs) so dr judy you touched on this a little bit earlier on um at throughout your time as being a physician, why do you think that plant-based diets are important for our overall health and wellness? Mm. Plant-based diets are important because a large portion of the diseases that most people in the U.S. have are actually diets related. We've been taught to believe or led to believe that it's genetic, but the opposite is actually true. A very small percentage of even cancers are genetic. And we know that heart disease is preventable. We know that type 2 diabetes is reversible, as well as obesity is preventable too. And so when you focus on the cause of the problem, the root cause of the problem, Mm -hmm. you get into the bottom of it and you're addressing the issue. Mm -hmm. This is why people can be on a statin medication, Mm -hmm. still eating their unhealthy diet, have a normal LDL and still have a stroke because you haven't addressed the underlying issue, which is the inflammation and the still eating mm. the same food. So that's why medications alone are not sufficient enough. You have to address the diet. And so if you don't address the diet, you're really just mm-hmm. shortchanging the patient, I think, to be quite honest. And it's unfortunate that most healthcare um, 
systems and payment systems don't really encourage you to really spend time to talk about diet. You're reimbursed based on, you know, mm-hmm. what labs you order, what you prescribe. It's not really preventative focus. I mean, I tell my clients that all the time because they come to me and are like, you take insurance? I'm nope. like, no, unfortunately, they don't really pay us outside of a clinical setting. Right. So I don't even go that route. It's too too much of a hassle because they don't find diet to be um, important uh, important enough for them to to cover, I guess. But medications, they definitely will cover. So I, I de- totally agree with that. Yeah, exactly. It's unfortunate, but, um, you know, if people are really interested in making a change in their health, they will find a way to make the investment. Our health is an investment. So it's either you're going to pay for it now, mm-hmm. you know, by choosing to eat a certain way or not doing certain things, or you'll pay later in sickness mm-hmm. and disability and loss of work. That is true. That is so true. I always say, you know, it takes the first, we, the first 40 years of our lives, we, we work so hard to get an education in order so that we can, you know, make money. But the next 40 years of our lives, if we're not conscious of, by the way that we're eating, we use all the money that we earned and saved up and we spend it back on our health. Mm. So, you know, that's why, you know, the healthcare system diseases such as heart disease and diabetes, they're probably like the number one and two. So with that being said, if someone adheres to a plant-based diet, is it safe to say that it could put certain diseases in, I'm not going to say reverse, but remission? Yes. And I'm glad that you say remission because mm. uh, reversible is a debatable term. So I prefer the term in remission in most cases. So um, so type 2 diabetes, which I have a lot of patients with diabetes, you don't have to be fully plant-based to um, put it into remission. Mm-hmm. Um mostly plant-based will definitely improve your hemoglobin A1C and your glucose. Um, The studies that have looked at that, the Aventus health studies have looked at the incidence of diabetes in patients that were vegan versus vegetarian um, versus those that were not. And they found a lower incidence of type 2 diabetes in the vegetarian group and then an even lower incidence in the vegan group. Wow. That's interesting to note because I know a lot of people, they think, you know, because of savvy media marketing, that carbs are the bad guy. Mm -hmm. And they would say, oh, you know, a plant-based diet is very carbohydrate rich and we want to stick to a keto diet or a protein rich diet. So I'm glad that, you know, those things are being backed up scientifically. And it's good to know you don't have to be 100%. um, uh, It's good for us to tell the people I already knew, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's good to tell our audience that you don't have to be 100% plant-based exactly. to um, see positive results. Oftentimes, the American diet, you're having meat in your meal or an animal product at every meal. Even snacks have an animal product in it. And so you don't have to um, go 100% removal, which would be being vegan, mm-hmm. but you can... Start out with meatless Mondays, for instance, and migrate towards, um, you know, maybe one meal a day having animal products so that you don't you're not having it all the time. And so, Dr. Judy, you just spoke on the scientific backing. Can you go into that a little bit, like the evidence based research that you know of in regards to um, plant based diets being best to follow? Yeah, I was just going to give you some studies that I had uh, made a note of that kind of looked at that. So this one looks at the risk of 
developing diabetes. Um, the author was Tonstead, and they compared similar health-conscious meat eaters to lacto-ovo-vegetarians and vegans, mm-hmm. and they found a 38% lower risk of developing diabetes amongst the people that were lacto-ovo-vegetarians mm. and a 62% lower risk of developing diabetes amongst vegans. Mm-hmm. Um, the Adventist Health Studies are another group of studies that looks at disease prevention. It looks at cancer and diabetes as well. Yeah, so the Adventist Health Study um, showed a 23% lower rate of heart disease amongst lacto-ovo-vegetarian men mm-hmm. and a 42% lower rate of heart disease amongst vegan men. Um, there's also another study, Epic Oxford, that found as well a 32% lower rate of heart disease amongst vegans and vegetarians. There's also another study that looks at whether people consume a healthful plant-based diet versus a unhealthy plant-based diet. This one is by Satija. Um, This came out in 2017 in the Journal of American College of Cardiology. Um, It included data from the Nurses' Health Study, which is another good study to look at, as well as the Health Professionals' Follow-Up Study. And um, basically, the conclusion as a result of this was that a higher intake of a plant-based diet rich in healthier plant foods is associated with a substantially lower cardiovascular disease risk. Right. Whereas a plant-based diet that emphasizes less healthy foods is actually associated with a higher cardiovascular disease risk. So they kind of distinguish that it's not just about eating plant-based foods or not, but eating healthy Mm plant-based foods. So less of the juices, refined greens, fried foods, sweets, and sweetened beverages. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the few studies of that kind that actually delineates whether it's healthy plant-based foods versus unhealthy plant-based foods. And there's another study, this one is in JAMA, 2016, Association of Animal and Plant Protein Intake with All-Cause and Cause-Specific Mortality. And that study uh, determined that a higher intake of animal protein, especially processed red meats, was associated with higher cardiovascular disease mortality. And the reverse of that is true. So a high intake of plant protein, especially with people that had at least one risk factor, actually lowered their all-cause mortality and lowered their cardiovascular disease mortality. So those are just some of the, a few of the studies that came out. The original studies that were out even before this, mm-hmm. is studies by Dean Ornish and Caldwell Esselstyn. Um, they did some of like the first studies, mm-hmm. I think, I don't know, 20 years ago, maybe, looking at plant-based diets. So those are interesting studies to look at, too. Nice. I'm, I'm very interested with the one with the healthy versus unhealthy um, vegan diets, because, I mean, I've seen so many junk food vegans. It's it's unbelievable. <laughs> and, you know, so interesting with that. That's why I feel that, you know, when people look at an unhealthy vegan, then they say, well, oh, they have the same conditions that I do. So w- what is the whole entire point of, you know, going vegan, but, you know, not understanding the difference between nutrient dense and just calorie dense foods that are empty with nutrients in it. So with that being said, I know earlier you mentioned medications and some clients or patients of yours think that 
um, well, you know, I don't want to be on this medication. I would rather be on a diet. So, you know, I've known people to view medications in a negative light and state that, you know, a plant-based diet could fix all their problems. You know, I want I wanted to know your view on this. And the reason why I wanted to know your view on this is because there was this lady that I knew she's dead now and she was on a plant-based diet and she would eat such things as uh, salted peanuts and salted almonds. She had a history of hypertension or high blood pressure. And the doctor told her, well, you know, you need to come off of the salt. You need to change your diet. So she transitioned her diet into a vegan diet, but still, you know, wasn't necessarily mindful of the type of foods that she was consuming. And I mean, this lady, unfortunately, ended up with a stroke. So could you could you speak a little bit about, you know, your view on medications in light of the diet? That's an area of slight debate. I've seen some uh, plant-based health experts suggest that if you're plant-based, you shouldn't need to be on medications. And I know some of the public tends to have that view too. Um, but the American College of Cardiology does not support that view, particularly, let's say, with regards to statins. I think that's a huge issue for some people. And they feel that if they're plant-based, they shouldn't need to take a statin or they maybe want to stop the statin. But um, statin is one of those medications that if you've had an event, you probably need to be, you probably will have to be on the statin, even if you're on a plant-based diet. Mm. So definitely I prescribe and recommend medications where the guidelines support it. In the case of type 2 diabetes, it's definitely possible and doable to come off of diabetes medications because as your blood sugar gets low, you know, you don't need the medication anymore. So there's no benefit to keeping someone on it if it's dropping the sugar. But with regards to like cholesterol and heart disease, it's kind of a little bit different. The benefits of a statin go beyond just the cholesterol lowering benefit mm-hmm. of it. Um, there's numerous studies on statins. So um, an individual very well can be plant-based, but still need to be on medications is basically um, what I'm suggesting. Yeah. And, and, and I, I love that because um, seeing that, you know, you're an internist, I think that's important for people to understand that, you know, all the years of abuse that someone may have put their body through and then bam, you go on a plant based diet and you expect everything to be reversed overnight. It does not work like that. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, put put all that plaque in, on our arteries, in our veins. And then you think that, you know, a little fiber is going to sweep all of that away after 20 years. No, ma'am. Right. No, ma'am. Right. And we we recently we recently interviewed um, Dr. Columbus um, on the show, and he was talking about how some people are one donut away from a heart attack. Mm-hmm. So someone like that, if they are that chronically ill, or if, if their situation is acute, you can't tell them go on a plant based and you may or may not have a heart attack tomorrow. We don't know, especially if. Again, they don't even know how to go about going on a plant-based diet and they go to the store and try to replace meat. I think that's one of the biggest issues when people are trying to go plant-based or vegan is trying to replace that meat on their plate with another something that looks like meat. And oftentimes it's that processed, uh, you know, meat substitute that's high in sodium that they're using to replace it. Yeah, those meat substitutes are okay for transitioning. They're not something that you want to be a regular part of your diet. I eat them every now and then on occasion, but not regularly. 
Mm-hmm. And so I think it takes a mindset shift really to not view protein as meat, right. but being protein as something that you can get from anything, vegetables, beans, tofu, and different sources. Mm-hmm. It's probably the first step in getting over that hurdle, I would say, that some people have where they're looking for something that looks like meat. Because we're not really even designed to eat meat, I don't believe. Milton, Dr. Milton Mills talks about this. He has several videos on YouTube about whether humans are really structurally and physiologically designed to eat meat. Mm. And he goes into the structure of the mouth and the teeth of humans that were actually really more like a herbivores. Mm. If you look at carnivores like lions and tigers and whatnot, their teeth is structured, their jaw is structured for them to bite meat mm-hmm. um, even the way that they chew their food, you know, and, and lions are able to hunt, kill, and eat the meat raw. Whereas for humans, we have to cut okay. it up, cook it, season it with spices and herbs and other plant-based <laughs> things to make it palatable and desirable for us to eat it. So I thought that that was a <laughs> interesting, um, you know, that's interesting. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, when you think about it, like animals that are eating the meat raw, they have all those canine teeth um, for them to be able to do that. So that, I mean, that's a interesting thought. Definitely. Um, let me backpedal and say that I'm not against eating all uh Meat substitutes, I guess you can call them vegan meat. There are some good brands out there. There's some brands like it's all like whole foods that are in there, whole vegetables. And it's not like a lot of processed, um, overly processed ingredients or man-made ingredients in there. So I do have some of those at my house. I do. So Dr. Judy, typically if somebody comes to you and they tell you that they are on a vegan diet and, um, they're, uh, I guess, suffering from specific symptoms, what do you normally do? Uh, What kind of workup do you do? What kind of therapy do you uh, recommend for them? Good question. When you ask that question, you know what I thought about? What's that celebrity that just said that they were having brain fog um, and they're no longer vegan? Who is that? What? Yeah, let me chat. I posted to my Instagram about it recently. She was talking about memory and brain fog and saying that she switched from a vegan diet. So she says, because she wasn't getting enough omega-3s, Miley Cyrus. That's what I thought when you asked me that question, (laughs) because I was like, people often think that when they're having a symptom, that it's because they're vegan. Like that's the first thing they think of. It could be a number of other things as to why you're having that particular symptoms. Mm -hmm. So that just involves a detailed history to find out what they're eating and checking labs and different vitamin levels Mm -hmm. is essential too. That's why it's important to see, to have a primary doctor. Anyone that's an adult should have a primary care doctor and they should see them on a regular basis as so common, I think, for people who are health conscious and think they don't need to see a doctor and don't have a doctor, people that are plant-based and vegan um, that think they don't need to see a doctor, but everyone should be seeing a doctor regularly. So um, B12 levels, TSH, vitamin D, those are some of the labs that I would look at in someone who's um, plant-based or you know, having different symptoms like fatigue, 
and different things like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that B12 level because I know a lot of vegans, they just think that they can just eat the yeast flakes and that they're a-okay. So let me just put a plug in here. Uh, yeast flakes don't come for me, whatever brand you are, you guys are adhering to. But B12 is not a reliable, excuse me, yeast flakes is not a reliable source of B12. We actually have to get that from our supplements. So with that being said, Dr. Judy, you know, if someone wants to reach out to you, because we know that, you know, you do have your private practice, you are a practicing physician, where can they find you on social media? Sure. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram, the Plant Based MD. My website is theplantbasedmd.com and they can email me at info at theplantbasedmd.com. I'm currently offering um, virtual medicine consultations for people that are located in North Carolina because that's where I'm licensed. And I also do online courses and group programs that's open to individuals throughout the United States. The primary goal is to help people transition towards a more plant-powered diet, or if someone has diabetes or hypertension or is struggling to lose weight, those are the kind of clients that I tend to work with. So reach out to me. I'd love to connect. Awesome. Thank you for that. So guys, you heard it here on Nutrition Lifestyles with Kim and Joanne why plant-based diets may be beneficial for your health. So with that being said, make sure that you guys share this episode with a friend or family member that is interested in improving or rather increasing plants in their diet. So until next time, see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye guys.